Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. A bit of a shorter show today with Chapter 3 of the book of the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon. On my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city. In the streets and in the squares, I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go, until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her who conceived me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. What is that coming up from the wilderness like columns of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense with all the fragrant powders of a merchant? Behold, it is the litter of Solomon. Around it are sixty mighty men, some of the mighty men of Israel, all of them wearing swords and expert in war, each with his sword at his thigh, against terror by night. King Solomon made himself a carriage from the, wor- from the wood of Lebanon, He made its posts of silver, its back of gold, its seat of purple. Its interior was inlaid with love by the daughters of Jerusalem. Go out, O daughters of Zion, and look upon King Solomon, with the crown with which his mother crowned him, on the day of his wedding, on the day of the gladness of his heart. This is the word of the Lord. So in this text, the whole chapter, it is the bride who is speaking. It is the the wife of Solomon, one of one of his wives, uh, and she is kind of in a couple of different places. The chapter starts with a, a bit of sorrow, a little bit of distress that that her her husband, her her groom, is not with her. Um, as we see the bed at night, you think of the husband and wife sleeping together in the, in the night as they rest for the next day to go about the business that they have been given to do. So she is stressed as her husband is not there resting with her. She goes out and she seeks for him. She wants to find him, to be with him. This has some good connections for us as the church. We are often worried We are often concerned and find ourselves wondering if God is really with us. We feel alone, but we're not. In those moments when we feel overwhelmed, in those moments where we feel despair and anxiety and loneliness, it is good for us to remember Christ's promise in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, at the end of the Great Commission, where he says that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. It's a tremendous promise that we have. And so we can then turn this into a question to discuss as a family or with our kids. Where can we find the Lord? So as the bride was seeking for her groom, where can we as God's bride, the church, seek out our groom. If you want to find Jesus, where do you turn? Lots of answers that will be discussed here. We can think of the Bible. Uh, We can read God's word. We can think of that uh, 
also connected then to the church, that God's word is proclaimed in church. We can think of Christ's body and blood present for us in the sacrament. You always know this is a place of promise. You can go to your church to receive the forgiveness of sins. It's always there for you. We think of prayer. You know, even the way this verse started out, on my bed by night. How many of us regularly pray at our, our bedside or in our bed? That's maybe the most common place of prayer for the Christian aside from the dinner table. Uh, so this is good. And, and the answers might even expand just a little bit further beyond what we've just discussed. The Lord is with us. A wonderful thing indeed. She clings to him. Verse 4, I held him, would not let him go. That is what we are to do. We are to cling to Christ. We are to cling to his promises. We are to trust in him alone. We have no need of trust in this world's governance. We don't need to trust in this world's wealth. We trust in Christ alone, in our groom. He will care for us. Verse 5 is actually a direct repetition of chapter 2, verse 7. So we talked about that one just yesterday. So we look at the next section then. The bride rejoices at the sight of her groom as he's coming, returning. She is excited to see him again. Verse 7, interesting phrase in the, the, the text that I read for you, which is from the English Standard Version, the ESV. The litter of Solomon. This is not the way we think of that English word litter. We'll use it in a couple of different ways. You might think of a litter of, of cats. You know, a cat has babies and we call them a litter of kittens. We use the same word for other animals like dogs and puppies for another, another instance. This isn't that. We use litter to describe what happens if you're driving along the road and you throw your wrapper out the window. You have just littered. This isn't that. Uh, what we're talking about here, and maybe a different translation of the word might have been helpful, <laughs> although the word I'm going to give to you is not, it's beer, uh, but not B-E-E-R, it's B-I-E-R. Um, so maybe even a more literal word for us would just be the word couch. Uh, you've probably seen those depictions before, and this is something you could even look up with your kids on a computer search. Um, the idea of, of a king's almost like a couch that's being carried along by his servants. That's the picture here. Um, the Solomon is coming, but he's not walking on his own. He's being carried by his servants uh, as he's coming, coming towards his bride. Now he's surrounded. Before we get to the surrounding, I should say that's a depiction of royalty. And as we think of the context of this for us, um, we got the royal nature of the Lord, that he is our, our king over us. His first appearance to us was a little more humble than this. His next appearance? <laughs> Arguably not, not so, uh, as he comes in the fullness of his glory on the last day. So... Um, the surrounding 
of 60 men, the mighty men of Israel, wearing swords, experts for war. He's surrounded by an army. The king's army is with him. We can talk about this in God's context as well, that he is surrounded by angels. They are not just messengers, but they are also servants of the Lord in other ways. And fighting against the demons, fighting on our behalf is one of them. There actually is some scriptural validity to that idea of guardian angels. Maybe not quite to the extent that pop culture has pushed that concept, but it's there and you can actually see it in God's word. So we look at verse 9 and 10. Uh, the bride is celebrating really the wealth of her husband and how well he has built uh, his carriage, what he's riding in. For us to make this connection then to the Lord is, is helpful too, especially since King Solomon is the one who built the Lord's house and did so so intricately. Uh, economists in the last century estimated that in today's dollars, Solomon's temple that he built for God would have been about $2 billion. And it was not cheap. All that gold, everything that he, he put in, such a such an intricate and expensive design. And so she's rejoicing in that. And we see that for, for God's people and God's house as well. And that's the connection here. We don't just have groom and bride as the, the only theme of this letter. Certainly there overwhelmingly, but we also have king and people. So Solomon is the groom. The woman is the bride. Jesus is the groom. The church is the bride. Solomon is the king and the wife is one of his people that he cares for. Jesus is the king, and the church is his people that he cares for. Both of those il illustrations are happening here. Um, so the wife, if she wants to find her husband, she goes to his chariot, where he's working, where he's present. The church, if she wants to find her groom, Christ, goes to his house, the place where he has promised to be present. So, good, strong connection here. Then as we look at verse 11, we saw this back in verse 5 as well. Daughters of Jerusalem, uh, now uh, daughters of Zion. Zion and Jerusalem are the same place, just different words. Um, here we see the audience mentioned again. It's important to keep that in mind. Who, who is being written to? Who is being spoken of? We have the mention of Solomon's mother, not by name, but just the historical context here. That would be Bathsheba. And then the last phrase is one I wanted to give a little attention to. She crowned him on the day of his wedding, on the day of the gladness of his heart. Same day. So his wedding day is the day of the gladness of his heart. We can think of that for husband and wife relationship, how that's a wonderful day. But there's a bigger, bigger parallel of this, and that's for Christ and his church, that on the wedding day, the day where we get to finally come together with our groom as his people forevermore, is the day of the gladness of his heart. It's what he came for. It's why he sacrificed himself. It's why he was willing to endure all the suffering that he did on our account so that we could be there with him in paradise. So this wedding reference then in this case is actually the idea of the last day when Christ returns and takes us to be his own forevermore. 
So chapter three uh, is concluded tomorrow in chapter four, Solomon speaks again.